The title of my sermon is Longing for Home. When I was 15 years old, I joined the Royal Navy. I thought it would be wonderful or great to be able to leave home and go uh, and uh, study and uh, travel the world as a young man at 15 years of age. Well, after being away from home after a few weeks, someone was playing a Simon and Garfunkel called, uh, sorry, song called Homeward Bound. And I immediately felt homesick as I thought about this song. And I wanted to go back home. But it wasn't that easy because when you sign up to join the Royal Navy, um, I signed up to be in for 25 years, which is a long time, isn't it? Well, I can tell you, the homesickness took hold of me so much so, I was finding it difficult to continue with my studies at the Royal Navy base up in Ipswich. And one morning my commanding officer saw that I wasn't looking so good and asked me what was wrong. And I said to him, Sir, I would like to go home. I feel so homesick that I can't keep my mind on my studies. Please, can I go home? Well, after a few weeks of uh, trying to encourage me to stay in the Navy, because it cost a lot of money to train somebody uh, in the forces, the commanding officer, along with others, reluctantly allowed me to turn back home. And when I arrived back home and I saw, and I was with my mum and brothers and sisters, I felt so happy. I felt it was good to be home again. You know, an astronaut flies to the moon and spends several days in space. He's overwhelmed, awed, inspired. He's already planning to return on another mission. Yet, when the shuttle lands and he steps onto Mother Earth, he says, it's good to be home. Whenever we go on holiday, when Ruth and I go on holiday, whether it's in England or whether it's abroad, after about a week and a half, we think to ourselves, I'd like to go home now. There's that longing to be home. And when the plane lands and we drive back to our home and we open that door, we say, it's good to be home. The Israelites experienced the same emotions every time they travel to a special celebration at the temple. They long to be home with God in his temple. And this is the context of Psalm 84. On just such a trip, the psalmist thinks about being home with God. 
And that strikes a harmonious chord within us because our deepest longing is to be home in the presence of God. For a Christian, that is. And if it's not, can I say to you, it should be. We all have places or experiences where God was very much alive to each of us. For example, Abraham, it was Bethel. For Moses, it was Sinai. For Jesus, it was Gethsemane. And for the psalmist, it was the temple. Being away from the temple, from the presence of God, freshens perspective brightens the memory you know you've heard that saying absence makes the heart grow fonder and that absence leads to a longing to be home so our delight is centered where God lives Psalm 84 1 says how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. The place where God lives is beyond expression. It is difficult to understand the impression that the temple of Solomon made on the Hebrew worshippers. King David wanted to build that temple. But God said to him, because you were a warrior, I'm sorry, but you cannot build it. But he said, your son Solomon shall build it for me. But that didn't stop David getting all of the stuff that was needed to build that temple. The cost of the gold and the silver and the brass that was collected by David of free will offerings from all of the people around the nations equated to four billion pounds in today's money. And that didn't count all the other materials that was needed for the temple. It took seven months, sorry, what am I talking about? Seven years and six months to complete the temple. 30,000 Israelites, 150,000 Canaanites were used as hearers of stone carriers of water, carpenters, builders, and many other people that were needed. When Solomon dedicated the temple, God's presence in the temple was overwhelming in the dimensions of that place. Following the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, the focus shifted to a different dwelling of God. Paul envisioned it and said it was untranslatable he told us in 1 corinthians 6 19 to 20 that our body was now the temple of god where god would dwell within john envisioned it he could only explain it in the symbols of the book of revelation but in every case it's not so much the place that is important but the person who lives there.
though the value of any home lies in the people that are in that home. To be with God, to live in his presence, is the greatest single delight our souls can experience. That's why the psalmist continues by saying in verse 2, My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart, my flesh, cry out for the living God. As you think about your own personal life, your own personal relationship with Jesus, do you have that longing in your heart to be where Jesus is? Because he wants you to have that. Like a baby crying out for an unmet need, our whole being cries out for God. While the primary reference here is to worship in the sanctuary, the true desire, the true longing, is to be in the presence of God, both here and now, but also in the future. That's why John, in Revelation 21, ends his description of a new heaven and a new earth by describing the effects of the presence of God. He said there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. And then he says there will be no need for the light of the sun or the moon or the stars because God himself will be there. God will be with his people. And that's why John writes that the ultimate hope is that we will all see God and Jesus face to face one day soon. This is why worship is so critical for us. It forms our desires, it frames our perspectives and it enables us to worship and walk daily in the presence of God. Verse 3 and 4 of Psalm 84 says, Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are they who dwell in your house, for they are ever praising you. That's why it's wonderful to come to church on a Sabbath, that we can all come together to praise and glorify God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know the sparrow, by Jesus' admission, is worth little, yet it lives in the presence of God. The Bible says, not one sparrow falls without God noticing that. And so can you and I live in the presence of God. None of us are worthless or useless to God. We may all have a home in the presence of God, every single one of us. The swallow, ever restless, never still, 
always flitting around, has found a resting place, the psalmist says. So may you and I find a resting place. If we have a relationship with Jesus, with our Lord and our Saviour and our King, we too will find a resting place in Him. The Bible says God is our refuge and our strength. It also says He is our fortress and our haven of rest. And we can have perpetual contact with God whilst we are here on this earth. But what we're looking for, we're too longing for the place that God has prepared for us, his home. But it will also be our home. None of us are rejected if we're believing in Jesus. At home with God we are loved, we are accepted, we are valued, we are cared for. That's why we can continually praise his holy name. The psalmist says that we can be with God in a constant environment of his presence. But he also says that when we worship and praise God daily, we become acutely aware of his presence and his power. No matter where we are, no matter what our circumstances, our heart's desire are tied to God's home, not just our home. A female moth of a rare species was placed in a room and four miles away a male moth of the same species was released. In spite of the din and smoke of the city, in spite of the distance, in spite of the fact that the female was in a closed room, in a couple of hours the male moth was found beating its wings against the window where that female moth was. Tagged Salmon, released from the Scottish rivers, spent four years in the Atlantic Ocean. They consistently return to the very spot from which they spawned and from which they departed. Thousands of miles they cover over that four years. Or think of the homing pigeon. Take one anywhere in this country or any country. Release it, it will fly around in a circle two or three times and then it heads for home. And it keeps flying until it reaches its place from where it was released. Knowing our homing nature, the psalmist says in verse 5, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. Or set their hearts on striving to be with me, Jesus says, in my home. Just as the fiery cloud and pillar were the highway map for Israel in the wilderness, so for us Jesus is the way. 
Interestingly, Thomas said, uh, as Jesus was talking about, that he was leaving them and that one day they would be with him as well. Thomas said he didn't know where he was going and he wondered how and he and the other disciples could possibly know the way to where he was going. And Jesus simply looked at him and said to him, Thomas, I am the way. If you want to be with me in my home, look to me, Jesus says. There is no other person in this world that can save us from anything that we might have done or said. Only Jesus. That's why I believe we have this inbuilt longing to be home with Jesus Christ. I believe the Holy Spirit has put that longing within us that we might be with him where he is. Psalm 84, 6-7 says, As they passed through the valley of Baca, or the valley of tears, Baca means tears, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each pair appears before God in Zion. Let's be honest with ourselves. Difficult trials are inevitable. Just because you take the name of Christian doesn't mean to say you won't have problems. It seems to me that when you take the name of Jesus and you start walking with him, that's when your problems really start. Job had his losses. Elijah had his wilderness. Moses had his desert. Joseph had his prison. Daniel had his lion's den. Paul had his whippings and beatings. Jesus had his Gethsemane and his cross. Today many of us have our illnesses, our job losses, our personal losses, as we've heard this morning, our broken relationships, our crumbled dreams. Yet the Bible says those who live and walk in the power of God overcome and transform these trials into blessings. We muster strength through divine inner resources. Through the power of God we go from strength to strength. So too on our spiritual journey. We gain strength as the journey gets tougher. It is the mighty truth of scripture found in Isaiah 41 verse 30. Those who hope in the Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So affliction is transformed to joy, hardship to rejoicing, weakness to strength, death to life. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, 
we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being changed, being transformed into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. You've heard that saying, by beholding we become changed. Just two months after the death of his five-year-old daughter, Mary Sue, in a tragic accident at the family's home, Singer, sorry, singer Steve Curtis Chapman opened a concert with a song entitled Blessed Be Your Name. I don't know if any of you know that song. Some of you probably do. I know that we sing it at camps sometimes and uh, other places. After the death of his daughter, Steve Chapman wasn't sure if he would be able to be able to sing ever again. He was so heartbroken. But Blessed Be Your Name was the first song that he sang that same day of the death of his daughter. Inspired by the story of Job, at one point the lyrics repeat, He gives and he takes away. Chapman explained to the audience of nearly 5,000 people, as I sang this song, it wasn't a song, it was more of a cry, a scream, a prayer. I found an amazing comfort and peace that surpasses all understanding. He also shared that after his daughter's death, he reconsidered the words to all of the songs that he had written, and he wondered if he could still sing them and believe them. Losing his little girl brought the meaning of some of those songs into sharper focus. One example was a song called Yours, which addresses how everything in the world belongs to God. In this song in particular, he said, I have come to a new realisation. There's not an inch of creation that God doesn't look at and say, all of this is mine. As a result of that realisation, in conjunction with his daughter's death, Chapman wrote, I have had to leave, let go of more than I could bear, and I've questioned everything that I believe. Still, even here in this great darkness, a comfort and a hope comes breaking through, as I say, in life or death, God we belong to you. And it's the same for us. It doesn't matter how dark life can become, how sad life is. If we have Jesus as our Lord and our Saviour King, he can take us through those dark valleys and he can bring us back up in the presence of his light. That's what a wonderful saviour, Jesus, that we serve, enables us to do. And I know that many of you here have lost loved ones. Many of you have gone through those valley of death. And yet, <clears throat> knowing that, 
still you are here. Why? Because you have that longing in your heart to be not just with Jesus, but to be once more with the one that you love so much. And this is why the psalmist continues in uh, verse 8 to 9 that our hope is filled by trust in the Lord. It says, Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with, with favour on your anointed. In a healthy home, the family members talk with one another. If Ruth and I take a walk together, we're not silent all of the way. Figuring that we must wait to get home before we speak. No, we talk with each other because we're together. And it's true, there are times even when you're out walking, you're not talking all of the time. But we do talk. It's the same with living in the presence of God. We walk and pray with him along the way. We can pour our hearts out to him because we can trust him. Whatever our situation today, God is saying to us, talk with me, let me work with you, give all your worries and desires to me, I will help you, he says. The psalmist says in verse 10, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God and dwell in, than dwell in the tents of the wicked. To be a doorkeeper, to have the lowest position in heaven is greater than having the highest position here on this earth. To be of service in the presence of God is the highest privilege of all. And God provides us with that opportunity every single day. That's why the psalmist says that we are living in God's power and presence. We will long to be at home with him because he cares and he provides for us. And then in verse 11, the psalmist says, The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. My dear friends, if you and I have accepted Jesus as our Saviour, our name is written in his book of life. We are secure, the Bible says. As Psalm 91 reminds us, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. God honours and favours us with grace and glory. All good things, the Bible says, are ours. Finally, we read in verse 12, Lord Almighty, happy is the one who trusts in you. At home with God, there is total blessedness, pure contentment. We are at one with God, ourselves, the world, and those that we associate with day by day. We have God in Jesus Christ. What more do we need? No matter where we have come from, 
And I know that many of you have come from many different countries here. No matter what we have done or failed to do, as the Apostle Paul says, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that Jesus stands ready to give us more grace. He's saying to each of us, I want you to be with me where I am. I want you to long for my home. May God bless and be with each and every one of you this morning as we consider our walk with God. Think about it. Start longing for God's home. And I know that, you know, each one of us have to speak to God personally, individually. He wants you to be with him in his home. Amen.